welcome to 2024 and welcome to the Muscle Science for Women podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Van Houten. And yeah, happy new year. It's it's 2024. That sounds like a weird future number that doesn't make any sense. Like how was I alive in the previous century and it's somehow 2024? Like what what's happening? I don't know. Time is going by faster than ever, probably because I have a kid. I don't know. I hope you had a great holiday. <laughs> We're getting deep already. I hope you had a great holiday. I hope it was relaxing. I hope you're motivated and excited about the new year and all of the adventures and learning opportunities that it will bring us. And here's a learning opportunity for you right now. My guest is Dr. Haley Schaff. She is a chiropractor. She's also a functional health expert. She has her own podcast. She does awesome health and wellness retreats. I've had her on the podcast a couple times. I brought her on today to talk about a couple things specifically that have been sort of on my mind that have been asked of me recently. And I wanted somebody who really focuses on this stuff to come on and talk about it a little bit. So we're talking about gut health as always, but we're talking more specifically about parasite cleanses because apparently that's a thing. Uh, Apparently parasites are a lot more ubiquitous than we think. I'm going on a trip. I will be on the trip actually when this podcast it goes live and I'm a little worried about parasites. So we're talking about how to prep for things like travel to other places where everything, including the water, is different and sort of out to get you. Um, we talk about things like uh, proactive enemas for health, which I'm pretty skeptical of, but people do it. Uh, we talk about things like castor oil packs, another thing for, for liver health and for, you know, proper body function. Another thing that I'm kind of like, what is putting castor oil on your guts going to do anything? We dive into a lot of things I'm kind of skeptical about, but it's a very real conversation. Um, I took a couple specific quote notes here while she was talking and I'm just going to lay them out for you. Quote unquote, enemas are cool. Quote unquote. The proof is in the toilet. Okay, so these are the kind of things we're talking about. So if that makes you squeamish, maybe this is one you pass on. If you like to learn new and weird and interesting things, maybe this is one you're going to enjoy. Um, we talk about stuff like cold plunges. We get into a little bit more biohacking than we normally talk about. I think years ago when I was podcasting, I was a lot more interested in some of the fringe stuff. And I've sort of moved into more of a kind of practical, realistic, everyday approach to health and wellness, but there's space for this stuff too. And there's space to ask questions and have conversations and be open and be willing to learn whether you are really into this stuff or not. So with that said, I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Haley. As always, if you have ideas for how we can continue to grow and make the podcast better, please send them to musclescienceforwomen at gmail.com. That's the number four. We love to hear from you. We love all the constructive feedback, the nice things you have to say, the ideas and questions and stuff that you want us to cover. We love all of that. If you saw a recent post on social media, we are well into the two million downloads, which is really quite an accomplishment considering how many podcasts there are out there, how oversaturated this world can be. Um, And the fact that you guys keep coming back and listening and downloading and sharing really means a lot to me. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for being here. Happy New Year to all of you. Please enjoy this episode. And um, I look forward to learning more and having more fun with you in 2024. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. I said, don't say anything interesting until I press record. So here we, here we are. I'm happy to be back. Yeah. It's good to, it's good to connect with you. And I know I saw you very recently doing some pretty hardcore looking cold plunges outside. Uh, How is that? that You're in New York, right? Yeah. That the one I posted yesterday was actually from us doing that last Christmas, but I have been cold plunging. I I cold plunge a few times a week today. I'm going to plunge again after I go in the sauna, after we talk, but I I aim for like 11 minutes a week because I I have noticed a ton of amazing changes. You've been doing it as well, right? Well, yeah. And I mean, I do it, I do it purely for the, okay, go be a tough guy. Like, you know, the whole mental resilience thing. And then just the fact that like the dopamine, I mean, you feel like a million bucks afterwards. I'm not necessarily doing it because I think it's going to help me recover any better or live any longer. I just, you feel so good after you do it. 
Totally. So, I was buzzing. Not? The other day I did it after a cardio and I was like, I can conquer the world right now. Really? I mean, it's like, and you know, we're, we're all searching for these moments throughout the day and, and ways to feel good, which is why, again, if we're just diving right into it, it's why we're all on social media too much. Mm -hmm. It's why we all eat junk food. It's why we all drink, you know, all mm -hmm. of these things. No, it's we're, true. Doing. we're all seeking these dopamine things, but the dopamine that like the, from social media or food or whatever, I mean, it's, it's gone very yeah. quickly. Whereas I feel like when I plunge, I'm feeling that for hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the same way about not to like to immediately get into all this like weird, you know, woo woo kind of stuff. Some people may see it as more woo woo, but like the breath work stuff too. Like I tell mm -hmm. people, and again, if you're listening with your kids and you don't, this might be a bit more of a mature subject, but I'm like, this feels better than like being on drugs. Like it's, you're able to tap into things, into your body's physiology and you, the, you know, endorphins, all of these things that people do crazy, unhealthy, bad for them stuff to feel this. You way. can do for basically for free. You can do it. And it's good for you. Exactly. So, I mean, that's what I tell all my friends when I, when I like try to get them to go to like a breathwork class with me or whatever. And I'm like, it's like doing drugs without the drugs. It's great. You know, why would you it's, not want to give that? I a know. Shot? I know. Anyway, I know. It's, it's really cool because, and like you were mentioning, the cold almost makes you focus on that. Even if that wasn't something that you were focusing on, because you have to regulate your breath or else your body's going to be like, what the, like what I think the video that you're referring to might, we broke some ice and generally I'm in a trough, but doing it on that level where I'm in a huge body of open water, I'm touching the bottom, but it's scary and it's not safe. And if like regulating my breath was the first thing that I had to do, because I mean, the, the water was probably like 34 degrees. I usually go in when it's like 48 to 50. So that, I mean, that in itself was a huge jump, but then I find that that translates into any other stressful situation that I get into in my life. I'm so much better able to adapt to craziness that goes on at work or life situations, because you have that tool of like purposely making yourself feel super freaking uncomfortable, but then it just, it easily translates into, wow, I feel incredibly more resilient in anything that I do. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I think, you know, I've seen some people have a lot of fun with like making fun of cold plunges on social media. And I don't, again, I don't take it personally. I think like I think if you see something on social media where people are making fun of something you're doing and you get really worked up over it, I personally think that is because there's maybe a part of you that is unsure about your reasons for doing it or what, you know, it's like the same with the food thing. Like if people want to mm -hmm. come after me for the way I eat, I'm just like, that's totally fine. Cause I'm, I'm cool yeah. with it. Right. If you, if you get worked up over something, maybe it's like something that's going on on, on your side, but I always laugh when people are like, catch me never doing that. And I'll, and I'll tell you the one version of it that I will never do. I've tried and I'm just like, this is not for me, which seems like the easier version is just like the little bit of like a cold shower, like 60 seconds of a cold shower at the end of your shower. I'm like, no, thank you. Like my shower. Yeah, that's almost harder. I think I'm like, this is where I get to just relax in yeah. a steamy, hot, hotter than is probably healthy time for myself. And this is what I like to do. I'm not ruining that with cold at the end. No, thank you. I'll jump in a freezing cold lake, but I'm not taking a cold shower. Like that's not for me. So anyway, it's all what makes you feel good, you know, totally at the end of the day. Um, okay. So that was like a little aside. Let's talk about some other things. First of all, before we dive into some of the topics that I actually want to talk to you about, you can just sort of remind our listeners who you are, what you're doing these days. The last time we talked for a podcast, it was, I want to say like, ago? I think it might've been more than that. But anyway, we were kind of, I know we spent some time talking about how both of our jobs had kind of changed since, you know, pandemic stuff yep. and how we've kind of made some adjustments, but mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's your life and work and what's everything like, how's it going right now? What are you up to? What are you doing? It's going really well. I am doing a lot of online stuff, which definitely is where my business pivoted during COVID. I still have my in-office that I love. Um, and I still do chiropractic care, but most of my clinic is functional telehealth, functional medicine, which is, which is amazing. I love it. I'm such a homebody, so I don't hate it at all. Um, that's been super fun. I've done a lot of health retreats. We have one coming up in May and this will be our seventh 
So that's been a lot of fun. We've been doing a lot of those because I don't know. One thing that I found was I really like having a tribe of people that like to do fun things, whether you're on my level or not, or whether we're all on the same level or agree on everything. It's cool to just bring people together to have a weekend based around social being social, but also having like a wellness component. So that's been super fun diving into that a lot. Um, still training, working out. And we just actually moved our gym from our garage to our basement, which I hate doing that because I love just having all the space, the door open, but it's cold here. And so that's not feasible. My car goes in there now. So, um, but yeah, I mean, life is just, I can't believe how fast the year has gone, but same, same old, but continuing to just kind of find all these fun things. I'd say the retreats are like one of the more newer, like ventures, things that we've been doing since we last caught up, which has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Let's talk about this because I see, I get your newsletter. I see the stuff and I'm always thinking like, that would be one I'd like to, I mean, I, you know, I see a lot of these retreats and, and all of them, you know, look cool. It's whatever. Some kind of are more my style than others, but yours always look like a good time. And I love what you're saying about this. I I think one of the things that came out of, you know, the pandemic is we're all probably less social. We're all probably Mm -hmm. doing a little bit less for the most part, but maybe we're finding like, we've kind of crystallized what we want to be doing socially and what really makes us feel good and what really kind of like fills our cup. And it's funny because I was doing these sort of events before the pandemic that were like little, just like nighttime. It's almost like a wellness expo or trade show, but it was like one night. It was like a couple hours, right? I was calling them human potential parties. Yeah. And had a couple of those. And that was my version of what kind of what you're talking about that I really enjoyed because it was Again, for someone like me who's an introvert, who even the idea of spending like a couple days with a bunch of people, I'm still a little bit like, oh, I have to like be social for that long. But like a couple hours, you know, you go somewhere. Yeah, it's totally doable. People come together, you eat some healthy food, you learn some stuff, you get some little treaties, you go home. Like, I love that. And I really was enjoying it. And it kind of really just sort of collapsed, obviously, when we weren't allowed to go out anywhere. And I've been like thinking about maybe doing this again, purely as a- Yeah. Like to your point of just like, not even necessarily as a professional thing so much. No, but just getting people together. That's it. So for yours is yours like, um, cause I know a lot of these, they have a theme in addition to wellness of like, maybe it's like women's focused or like Mm -hmm. couples or, you know, whatever. Is there any kind of like other theme or is it just like, let's get together and like be healthy and do stuff and be outdoors. And what is it? Kind of that. I mean, we definitely like my keynote talks that I'll do definitely differ. Like last one was super hormone focused. I feel like in the springtime we lean into like cleansing and just kind of like honoring like the different season that we might be in, you know, because the spring is a good time, like where allergies and all these things are more prevalent. So like focusing on the liver and all that. So we kind of do stuff like that. But I'd say the main premise stays the same of always whole farm to table meals is obviously changing based on the season, what we can get. And I, what I like about it too, is it's not just, you know, a typical meditation yoga retreat. Like we're active, we're doing workouts that are scalable. We're taking you on hikes. We're doing all the, I know, cause we can bridge, like we can do yoga and mindfulness, but we also can push ourselves. And I think it's good to have that balance. And, um, another, one of my good friends locally that we've connected, she's kind of now branching into the same type of thing. We're doing like a ladies night out at a farm to table, which you would love. One of our entree or our appetizers is a awful meatball with liver. Cause it's like, I I just love having these events where it's like, Hey, I want to show you how you can make food super good or how you can be social, but also be healthy at the same time. So, I mean, I think but to your point, you can totally do that either on a weekend scale or even just a nightly scale. I mean, especially with all the cookbooks and stuff that you have. Yep. Thank all you. Your nice plug. Yeah. And I like too that I think this little stepping outside of your comfort zone can sometimes be more fun and a little bit less scary when you're doing it with other people like this, like, okay, well, if everybody's having, you know, liver meatballs, maybe I'll just try one. It's not a big deal. I don't have to make it myself or, you know, exactly. the whole barrier of entry is gone of like, you don't have to prepare anything. You don't have to look at it, Mm -hmm. but then you try it and you're like, Oh, I feel really good. So now I feel comfortable enough that maybe I can make it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So for the retreats, how many of those are you doing a year? Uh, generally two, 
I mean, the one that we've got coming up in January, that's just like the nighttime. That's kind of more of like a ladies night out. I wouldn't consider that a retreat. I do want to have like more mini type pop-up things because they're so much fun. But in terms mm-hmm. of like main retreats, we're generally doing about two, two a year, okay. which, you know, who knows if that'll change. But for now, it's a, it's a good schedule. Because they are a lot of work. It's a yeah, lot of are. like administration and logistics. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Marketing and planning. I mean, we plan the whole menu. We have to sort, we source everything as local as we can. So, I mean, there, I mean, there's, there's so much that goes into the swag and the, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's like a three day wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, there's not as many people, right? You know, there's not hundreds of people, but I mean, to yeah. the extent when you're doing multiple of them a year, it definitely adds up. But it's, I mean, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. Right. How far away are you from Manhattan? about five hours. Okay. I was going to say like, you know, next time I'm on my a little trip, I can just kind of like veer over, but it's kind of, it's pretty far. It's pretty far. No, it's, I mean, it's a 45 minute flight for us. So it's right. way easier for us to just like fly, but it's, I know. Yeah. People are like, Oh, you're in New York. I'm like, I am not close to the city. <laughs> yeah. New York. Is I am big. not close to the city. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So you mentioned just now that, you know, you're doing kind of some talks during these these retreats and stuff. And you talked about the concept of like a cleanse and Mm -hmm. sort of seasonal changes and ways you may treat your body differently depending on the season. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, a good segue into the kind of conversation I want to have. I want to talk about cleanses. I want to talk about parasite cleanses. I want to talk about gut health. Mm -hmm. All of this is interesting. It's all complex. Mm -hmm. It's all like sort of evergreen in terms of everybody is always trying to figure out their gut health and also selfishly, you know, I reached out to you offline because I'm, I'm going on a trip down South in January. And I mean, listen, I, before pre pandemic, pre kid, I traveled all the time. I went to a lot of crazy places. I wasn't particularly Mm -hmm. worried about this stuff, but now that I'm traveling with a kid, I'm a more worried about him. And I'm B more aware that like, I cannot be taken down or right. get sick because I'm not allowed anymore because I, I just have to be able to take care of him. So I'm a little right. bit more paranoid of things. Like I've got the classic mom brain now of like, Oh my God, is he going to get a parasite while we're there? And is he going to get sick? And he's going to touch the water and he's going to get sick, all this stuff. So I'm like, you know, spiraling. So I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about if you have any advice, this is where we can start and see where the conversation sure. goes, but like advice in terms of how to best, like prep yourself for a trip where everything's going to be different. And also, you know, maybe some, some key things to avoid or be aware of, and then how to kind of maybe manage things and get back on track when you get back from a trip like that. Love it. Yeah. So, um, and whether I guess you're flying domestically or internationally, I always like to have like kind of essentials with me. Like I don't need to go overboard with the supplements and stuff, but I know, I know for me that just being on an airplane and the pressure of it, it totally throws off my digestive system. And there's nothing worse than when you want to be in a bikini all week, feeling backed up and constipated, which is probably like the most important aspect to kind of gut health is making sure that our bowels are regular every single day and traveling, being thrown off of a schedule. Even if you're driving somewhere, people can get thrown off, but for flying purposes, I know that I'm more susceptible to that. So when I'm thinking of, okay, we're going X, Y, Z, I want to make sure that I have my magnesium. I have my probiotics. I have like bowel moving herbs if I need to, because there is literally nothing worse than, than not having those. And Mm -hmm. I think those are pretty standard supplements, things that I take on a daily basis. Or if I don't take as much consistently here, I know that my body might need a little bit more support. Obviously hydration is really key to that too. We Wait, can let me stop so you before we, before we go further. What are some bowel moving herbs? Ooh, um, senna is really good. I really like aloe vera juice or aloe vera. Um, you can get that in an herb form as well. Um, but the juice form is super great too. It's super anti-inflammatory. Um, ginger is How actually much, really good. Sorry, sorry. I'm going to interrupt you a billion times. That's okay. <laughs> the aloe vera juice is that uh-huh. like would you drink, you know, you're drinking like a shot of that a day yeah. or can you have a cup of it? So it's just small, small. Yeah. Amount. I do. I generally put probably a shot's worth, maybe even less than that. And like warm lemon water in the morning. I do it every day. People, if they want to just do it to kind of go through and, you know, uh, it's great for reflux too, but it, like, if you want to reduce any type of inflammation, you can do it as needed, but I do a shot probably worth of it every single day or more. If I'm feeling like my bowels are slow, 
Um, peppermint and ginger are really good too. Peppermint stimulates digestion on a little bit different of an aspect, whereas ginger helps to actually move gut motility. So if you are someone who struggles with slow gut motility, ginger is great. I like both of those too, especially when I'm traveling, because if I get motion sickness or nauseous, those are really great for that as well, because I don't want to feel like crap. So especially I'm assuming you're flying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those are definitely, I'd say my go-to, I mean, you can, I've brought like ginger tea before so that when I'm on the flight and they bring hot water, I'll kind of have like ginger tea or something like that. I mean, I'm definitely that weird crunchy person when I travel that has like my whole stuff of like any herb or ailment that I need because I'm going for, you know, I'm going for a good time and I don't want to feel crappy, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to be productive. I found a good, like a very easy tip, but it made a huge difference for me traveling. Um, and this is obviously different if you're like traveling, if you're going to be on a plane for like 10 hours or something, but if you're going on a flight, that's like three, four, maybe even five hours, depending on what your diet is like, just not eating on the plane makes such a big difference. Like Mm -hmm. drink, stay hydrated, but like do you need to eat? Like it's, you're in that gross environment. It's so dry. You're probably going to be a little dehydrated. It's just mm-hmm. everything about it is yucky. And then you're eating. And even if you're eating healthy stuff, okay, fine. But like you're eating gross pretzels that they're giving you or something like you are literally setting yourself up for feeling a super time. inflamed. Yeah. For so sure. it's like, if you can just eat before you get on the plane, eat when you get off the plane, like that to me actually has made a massive difference in my um, just overall feeling okay when I'm traveling. So anyway, that's a, no, it makes tip. sense. And I definitely agree with that. I, if I have to, I will, but if it's a short enough plane ride where I can just eat before I don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what about like, you know, obviously anybody can Google tips of like, if you're going down South or if you're going to a place where, you know, like the water is super different and blah, blah. It's like, don't drink the water, you know, yeah. whatever. Yep. Don't, don't eat fruit that like, it's got to be peelable or whatever, like the smart kind of common sense stuff. But you know, what's a big one though, that people don't think about is lettuce. Lettuce mm. is a big one. Mm. Um, my friend actually had that happen to her and the DR she's like going through, she's like, I don't think I had any dairy. And I was like, nothing that you just mentioned had dairy, but you said you had salad, which had lettuce that they probably washed with the water or just, I mean, it's so even here, it can be contaminated with stuff. Yeah. So you'd, yeah. I'd say just be careful with stuff like that. Good. Not that you can't have it, but Good advice is just skip lettuce. It's pointless. Yeah, just skip, skip lettuce. lettuce. <laughs> lettuce the meat that's pointless. cooked. <laughs> I mean, I will say, I think with some of the, like, you know, we're going to Mexico and some of the, like, better, I I would, I want to say some of the better resorts and stuff, like, they're going to be not using their water for, like, ice cubes right. and cleaning because, like, they don't want everybody going there to get and getting poops. sick. It's not going to help their, you know, tourism at all. So, um, but what about, you know, when you're coming back, so you've spent a week, maybe you've had more drinks than you want to. Mm-hmm. Maybe you did get a little bit of something for a day. Cause you ate mm-hmm. some lettuce or something like, what are the ways to like immediately kind of just get back on track? So general kind of wellness stuff. There's a few different things that you can do. Definitely. If you haven't been on a probiotic when you were traveling, maybe you didn't bring it. I'd say get on a good spore based probiotic. I like the Megaspore a lot. Um, there's a, there's a lot, there's a few good ones out there, but getting on some type of probiotic to kind of repopulate your gut with all the good stuff with that, you can maybe do like a prebiotic or prebiotic rich foods. If you did kind of pick up a bug or didn't maybe don't feel hundred percent right. There's a few different, I, I like activated charcoal, but with activated charcoal or any binder, like Benonite clay, you just don't want to take it near any other foods because it binds your minerals. So that's fine to do on an empty stomach. And maybe that's fine to do for a few days. But if you feel like I don't feel right, this is something that I have to like, maybe you did pick up something, then maybe you want to work into something more like, um, maybe like anti-parasitic herbs or something like that. And there's a few different ones like clove, black walnut, mimosa pudica seed, all those different things kind of help to just draw stuff out that, maybe, you know, you picked up through water or whatever. I mean, stuff happens. I think the first few times that I went to like Mexico or the Dominican Republic, I'm like, oh my God, I'm washing my toothbrush. And I didn't even think about it. And then I'm like, oh, I, no wonder I feel off, you know, a little bit. So, and that's also probably why I've 
past some things in my time because I've probably picked it up just through travel or whatever. But those are, I'd say, are general things. I really like castor oil packs. Those are great for liver health. So if you did have some drinks or if bowels were a little bit slow, I generally, I'm again, that weirdo that I will travel with mine and wear it every single night. I know it's super sexy, like you're on a super romantic trip and you're just with your castor oil pack. I'm with my red light blockers, but or my red glasses. I have a two-year-old. So, I mean, this is not going to be a super sexy trip. This is going to be us watching a kid, but in a sunny place. So that's Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be great. So it's like home, but in a sunny place. Exactly. Um, So I do travel with mine, but that's a great thing that you can do to kind of clean stuff out. I mean, it helps boost glutathione, helps move stuff through the GI tract. It helps to just kind of support that liver gallbladder to you know, purge anything that might've been stagnant or different from if you were eating maybe more fatty foods or foods that maybe were fried or just things that you maybe are not used to. I mean, everybody's kind of travel looks a little bit different, but I feel like you could take really any of these things and implement them no matter if you were drinking or not, or if you were Mm -hmm. eating foods that you aren't used to or not, because it just kind of helps reset everything. Talk to me more about the castor oil pack, because I feel like I, A, don't really understand what it is, and B, Mm -hmm. it sounds like something that, again, I straddle the line between a lot of, like, let's just be straightforward here and let's do some, like, (laughs) experimental woo-woo stuff, but there's something about the castor oil pack, and I'm like, how could that work? It's like you're putting something on your stomach, and it's helping. What is happening there? Tell me about it. So, the cat, so essentially it's, or I use organic castor oil and then a wool flannel, and so- the wool organic flannel helps to heat the area because I'm like, I'm, I have my hand on my liver because that's generally where you put it. I put it generally on my liver, but the castor oil is cool because it's able to transdermally help to stimulate the liver and gallbladder. So like as the oil sits on your skin with the heat from the pack and the coverage on the pack, the heat helps to activate the purging of the liver gallbladder duct. So it helps to not only do that, but boost glutathione production. So glutathione is like our body's master antioxidant that our liver does make. A lot of times for digestive issues, bloating, constipation, acne, hormonal issues, a lot of times that can stem back to the liver. And so when we put a little bit of focus there, I love having people try this for the first time when they don't have any really expectations of, they're like, I'm just putting this pack on and I think I know what it's kind of going to do, but I don't know what to expect. I mean, deeper sleep people have reported. Some people don't report feeling any type of like euphoric feeling. Some people definitely do where they're like, oh my gosh, I felt so calm. Cause it does help to boost dopamine and oxytocin. It's like anything t- thing that you have on your body like that, it kind of is like your body, you're giving yourself a hug, right? Like the oxytocin boost. So it can be nice in that aspect, but it was so crazy before I started wearing it consistently. I always in the middle of the night would wake up one, two, three o'clock, like always, which is when our liver is doing its most detoxification. That's, and if it wakes you up, it's just, you know, there's a lot going on. And so ever since I've really worn that consistently, I haven't had any issues waking up in the middle of the night. And, and I've had a lot of other people note that too, but it is kind of weird when you think putting, I'm putting oil and a wrap on me. How is that supposed to work, but with the heat of your own body heat and how the oil, like how anti-inflammatory the oil is, it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool to see the difference. I am skeptical about it, but I'm willing to give it a shot because people are skeptical about eating liver and that has changed my life. So I am very well. It's good to question things, you know, it's good to like, or at least like want to know why. Yeah. So, I mean, like, could you not then, because isn't it, you know, something that generations past have, you know, done, like they're not feeling well, you take us, you like ingest a scoop of castor oil. Like is the ingestion going to have a similar positive benefit for your liver than just putting it on your skin or do that's people more do that? of a laxative I'd say ingesting oh. it. Um, I've never ingested it personally, but people do, um, like if for people who do you know, or have a lot of constipation. It's just, I just really wouldn't recommend it because it's not going to taste good and it's going to make you poop. Yeah. Like more, way more so than if you wore it on your, had it on your skin. So this transdermal situation, like it can, like if it's, if it's kind of coming, it's like, you know, going through your skin and Mm -hmm. it's impacting your liver. 
is the liver going to, is it going to help stimulate the liver to like detoxify? Like stuff's going to be excreted like through, you know, sweat or it's help like it's kind of like helping it to do its job, like what it's already doing. So your liver on a daily basis is already like detoxifying your hormones. And so if you're asking like, am I going to notice like anything different that I'm excreting Mm. from Mm -hmm. this? Not necessarily. At least I didn't. I mean, I have from other things like parasite cleansing or enemas. I mean, that's a different story, but from just specifically the castor oil packs, I haven't noticed oh, there's what's that weird thing in my poop? Or I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't looked, so mm-hmm. I guess I don't know, but like, I'm not like sweating a different color okay. or maybe I'm sweating more or my detoxification is like a little bit more efficient, but I wouldn't say, you know, you're feeling detoxification effects from it. I'm interrupting this incredible and informative podcast to tell you about today's show sponsor, the Primal Health Coach Institute. If you're a health, fitness, wellness, strength coach, any of the above, or you want to become one, or you're just looking for some relevant continuing education, this is for you. So the Primal Health Coach Institute, which is spearheaded by the godfather of primal and ancestral fitness and health, none other than Mark Sisson, is actually where I got my coaching start. In fact, I was one of the first 50 people to become certified through this coaching organization. And now flash forward to today, years later, I recently released my very own certification course through their platform, the Strength Training for Women Specialist Certification that I'm really, really proud of. And this course is for coaches of all genders, anyone who works with women, And in the course, we're diving deep in the physiological, hormonal, cultural, and myriad other aspects that directly impact women's ability to build strength and muscle. We're also working to debunk the misconceptions and misinformation that so many women, and unfortunately so many coaches, have been working under for so long. So the course is meant to help you learn how to advise and really deeply understand how to optimize nutrition, recovery, hormonal health, um, language, you know, mental health, attitude, and of course the training uh, for your female clients. So that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg, but my course isn't the only one they offer. They have a range of specialist courses on things like gut health. They also have their flagship primal health coach certification, which I have taken and I recommend to anyone who's looking to acquire a good base of knowledge. And your registration in any of these courses also comes with a ton of resources, downloads, things you can give your clients. It's really, really uh, an amazing platform. And I feel so strongly about this coaching organization that I developed a course for them. So they have decided to give my listeners a 25% discount, either for my course, the Strength Training for Women Specialist Certification, or for their flagship Primal Health Coach Certification. So all you have to do is go to primalhealthcoach.com forward slash MSW. That'll be in the show notes. And uh, you can use the uh, promo code MSW25 for either of those courses at checkout. Go learn. Uh, You won't regret it. It's an amazing, amazing platform. And the courses are great if I do say so myself. So go check it out, learn something. And uh, now back to the show. I would be really interested. Like I would give it a shot for literally you were just talking about like waking up in the night. Like I definitely do have that issue. I've had long, long standing issues with my sleep and I've, I've gotten a lot of improvement, but I am still mm-hmm. definitely waking up pretty routinely like once or twice a night. And I would be really interested to see, and it is around that time. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe I will look into this and I will report back to you on the cast. Yeah. Cause I've seen it so many times from people that I, I trust place. and I believe in. And so I'm just like, okay, it sounds so weird to me, but like you seem like you are, you know, on the ball. So I'm going to listen. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's been used for thousands of years and like any like Mm -hmm. integrative or holistic cancer clinic around the, a lot in Mexico actually. And a few in the United States. I mean, it's something that they are very open about like, Hey, just, especially because it's such a low barrier to entry, right? right? Like a lot of healing modalities, like getting people to invest in infrared sauna, like higher barrier to entry. Um, if you can go in one for free, obviously, you know, nice, Mm -hmm. like these hyperbaric oxygen, like there's so many cool health things, but it's, there's different barriers to entry. Whereas this is like wrap some castor oil around you and just hang out Mm -hmm. and see how you feel. You know, it's, 
it's generally low risk. It's pretty chill. And then if you obviously are feeling the effects from it and everything, I mean, castor oil in itself is super anti-inflammatory just putting it on your skin. Like I've put it a lot, like on super dry areas because Mm -hmm. it's cold now Mm -hmm. is actually, it's actually really nice out right now, but like it's winter. So it's cold. How often are you doing the packs? I generally wear it every night. Like when I get out of the sauna and shower and do my skincare, I usually put it on and I do wear mine to bed, but, um, you don't have to like, cause it, it ties and, um, like it's, so it's not going to fall off or get all over the place. But I mean, I generally tell people if you're just starting to wear it, just start wearing it for 30 to 60 minutes, like as you're hanging out in the evening and then take it off before bed, but you mm. can work up to wearing it overnight if you'd like. Interesting. Okay. All right. So next thing you mentioned parasite cleanses, this mm-hmm. is another thing that I'm quite interested in and also grossed out by, and also like, does everybody have a parasite? How do we, how are we all getting parasites? And like, are most of us just living with it all the time? And we don't know, like, it just seems it's, like it's I know. way more ubiquitous than I would like to believe and why and how and why. So, I mean, they've, we've evolved with them. I mean, they're all over the place. I mean, they're not just in third world countries. Like they don't just solely exist in Mexico and all these third world countries, right? Like we, they're here. They're, I mean, we deworm our animals every month, you know, people are generally, you know, when you go to the vet or whatever, a lot of, it's not uncommon to deworm our animals, but we think for us, it's That's weird. Not, um, yeah. Actually, it's so cool. Cause a lot of my clients that I work with who might live in other areas, it's very common practice for them to partake in it. Uh, maybe because they're more aware of what the, the exposure looks like, but I also think that our body systems aren't working as optimally. So maybe people have weaker stomach acid. Cause that's a huge way that if we eat it in food or something like our stomach acid should be strong enough that, you know, whatever it is, it, it gets rid of it. But a lot of people, whether it's constant use of antacids or just weak stomach acid in general, which can be from deficiencies and stress, you know, just all these different things can make that first line of defense less helpful for us. But at the same time, I eat sushi. I love sushi. I, you can see it sometimes. Like I've seen so many pictures of like raw fish and you can see like the tiny little, I've seen them in Wegmans before. I took a video once and people are like, oh my God. I'm like, you know, when you're cooking these things, it's fine. But I mean, when I eat sushi, I'm eating the raw stuff. So I know that I'm willingly exposing myself to these things. We have a dog. She's gives us kisses and lays on our bed and whatever. I mean, we, I go barefoot all the time. Barefoot's actually being outside is another huge way. A lot of these things are super microscopic. They're not, mm-hmm. we can't really see them. And so to an extent, I think they, they, there should be probably like a normal amount that like our body is exposed to, but when they get to a point where it's causing issues, whether that's, I see it, with a lot of hormonal issues, um, infertility, acne, bloating, digestive issues. I mean, when it's obviously when it's creating, I mean, if you're sitting there and you're like, I feel hundred percent, I feel the best I've ever felt in my life. Don't worry about it. I mean, do it if you want to don't, if you don't, but if you aren't feeling hundred percent, you know, maybe there's a reason for that. And a lot of it's, it's, has been really crazy and eye opening to see how these just gut issues in general can have crazy just effects on everything, whether it's skin or whether it's hormones or your digestion or your mood and your motivation. I mean, it it really does go across the board. So it's pretty interesting. And is this another case too, where if you decide to undergo some kind of parasite cleanse protocol, it's a low risk thing in that if the worst that could happen is it doesn't really improve your symptoms, but the best that could happen is it actually sorts you out and there don't tend to be, you know, some negative side effects or is that not the case? That's the way, I mean, I generally see it that way. People, I will tell you, people can get negative side effects, especially if they don't cleanse properly in the sense where maybe they just think, oh, more is more. Less is more a lot of times when it comes to this, especially if, you know, if you don't sweat and you don't poop every day and you aren't supporting your liver or you live a kind of a more inflammatory lifestyle, it's, it's going to be a lot more miserable of a process for you. But if you are, you know, doing the things you try to sweat, you have regular bowel movements, you go nice and slow through these things. And generally, yeah, it's, it's, it should be asymptomatic. 
or very minimal symptomatic. I mean, in terms of die-off symptoms, some people notice maybe like they notice like a little bit of stomach pain, you know, that's very acute. It's nothing crazy. Or maybe they notice the urge to have more bowel movements or maybe they notice cravings. You know, any of those can be die-off, but any die-off symptoms can kind of feel sometimes like flu-like. I remember the first time I started going in a sauna because I sucked at sweating I would go in the sauna and I'd be like, I can't do anything for the rest of the day. I feel so sick. And for me, that was just, I think I just, you know, when things aren't moving properly and things are just stagnant, when you get them moving, it's a lot. So if that, if that resonates with anybody, that might be a reason that you want to kind of stair step into things as you should. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you can, there's definitely ways that you can make it more of an enjoyable process. Okay. And so how does this look like, I know you, cause the, the reason why I reached out to you is cause we have a mutual client. I have a health coaching mm-hmm. client who was working with you on a parasite. I believe it was a parasite cleanse. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh shoot, I want to reach out to Haley and like talk to her about mm-hmm. this too. And you know, you don't have to give away anything that you don't want to give away. But sure. for example, I go to Mexico, I come mm-hmm. back, I'm not feeling so hot. I'm bloated. Mm-hmm. Pooping's weird, whatever. I'm like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. What, what does it look like? What does the process look like? I just use a few different combinations of herbals. So I, there's a few different companies out there. I, I like Cellcore's, uh, parasite cleanse the best. I think it's the most potent, but there's definitely other ones out there that people can use, but essentially it's anti-parasitic herbs and some type of a binder, because whenever you're cleansing anything, you want to make sure that you're able to bind out or essentially attached to whatever it is so that it's not like recirculating in the body. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's a few different kind of combination of herbs that you can use, or, um, there's like a tincture base or there's capsule base, but it's like, you don't really have to change much about your diet and lifestyle. I wouldn't recommend eating like a jerk or drinking and do like partaking in those types of things when you're trying to kind of clear stuff out, but like whole food diet, lots of hydration, maybe get in the sauna or a hot bath you know, live, have those types of things. But then other than that, it's kind of adding some herbals. Um, I like to add a few on an empty stomach and then the binder you can just take with a meal. So it's generally pretty easy. People can live their life. You can go to work, you can still work out. You know, it's not like you're strapped to the bathroom all day long. It's, it's not that type of deal. Um, I, if anything, feel like I end up, I don't really know that I'm doing it other than the fact that I'm like, Oh, I just have to remember to take my herbals. You know, I don't, it's, it's nothing really like life changing. Otherwise it's just kind of some targeted supplementation and just really making sure diet and lifestyle is, you know, in a really anti-inflammatory place. And how long do you generally see this process taking for most people? Like, is it like you buy a certain amount of this product and you kind of have to see it through to the end and it's sort of like a few Mm. weeks or a month or when I first started doing it, the first one that I did probably was a three to four weeks. Um, but I mean, you could even just start, it depends because some people start noticing positive results right away. Some people, they kind of, because they're starting so low, they kind of have to chip away and chip away. And I'd say the whole process can take anywhere from three to four weeks. I mean, some people are still passing after that four weeks. And if that's the case, you know, we, we can, figure out why are you passing so much or it, you know, maybe we'll take a break and then you can revisit it. I generally do like, I generally time mine around the full moon. Cause that's when due to the earth's gravitational pull, that's when they're most active due to serotonin and the lack of our melatonin. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like you ask any like first responder or any shift worker, night, uh, nurse, whatever. It's like, there is literally something about a full moon that is just makes mm. people freaking crazy. Um, and it's maybe who ask a woman too. ask a woman. Cause we get all weird around the full moon too. I know I'm, and I'm like, is it the parasites or is it me? Cause I'm going to blame it on them because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to blame it on them. But, um, like for me, it, like I'll do one in January during a full moon. And that's just because that's kind of like when they are most active. And so you can kind of like get more out of it, but when you're just starting and you're going to be going maybe for a little bit longer, or you just want to get some symptom relief after a trip, it doesn't matter. You can do it any time in my opinion. Okay. All right. This is really interesting. So that's a pretty simple process. Um, I guess the next question that I have about cleansing, because this, and this is something I've sort of touched on here and there, 
if you feel like you have a specific problem, as you said, or you've gone somewhere and you're eating differently, or you've been in a different part of the world or whatever, that kind of makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But there's also a pretty big industry around cleansing in general and doing Mm -hmm. regular cleansing. And I'm kind of of the belief that we should be living a life we don't really need to cleanse from, right? I agree. Um, You know, so like if we're eating generally pretty good, if we're, you know, taking care of ourselves, if we're hydrating, if we're sleeping well, if we're sweating regularly, things should just kind of hopefully knock on wood, be just sort of doing what they're supposed to, right? Mm -hmm. That's why we have these complex and amazing internal cleansing systems that kind of do this stuff. So Mm -hmm. what is, is there any benefit to, you know, for the people who really like to be proactive and really, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit hardcore about this kind of stuff, like you mentioned Mm -hmm. enemas earlier, um, which is an area that I have not dove into and personally have (laughs) zero interest, no judgment, just not interested. (laughs) Totally fair. Totally Um, fair you know, what, like, you know, you see like these health, health, you know, biohacker people doing these like regular coffee enemas and stuff. And it's like, okay, but, and you know, again, do what you want to do if it makes you happy, but like, do we, is there any benefit to this? Or is it literally just like placebo effect of like, it makes you feel good to go do a 24 hour Mm. cleanse and an enema and whatever. Like, is there any, in your experience, like any benefit to someone like me, who's generally, you know, not the healthiest person in the world, but pretty sorted out. Things are pretty much doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Why, what benefit would I have in doing like a quarterly cleanse of some kind? That's a good question. And I think it's super bio-individual because like, are there people out there that they're totally fine and they're doing good and they live a lifestyle that, you know, is very preventative in itself. That's amazing. There's also a subset in that. And I guess I would say myself, like, I just feel like I, my detoxification sucks. Thank God I prioritize my lifestyle and stuff. So I know there's certain things like a diesel truck goes by me, like, instant headache. Like I know that I'm just super sensitive to certain things. And so because of that, you know, like I maybe drink a little bit more dandelion tea or like, I'm really diligent about my sauna intake, or maybe I take some extra glutathione. So, and I like to take that approach for anybody that, you know, the general population wise, like anyone who's listening to this, anyone I'm working with, like for you, you're going to be so different in the support that you need versus someone who maybe has a history of cystic acne or has super irregular periods and estrogen dominance. So I think it kind of, I think it definitely depends. I think it's really cool to have these tools, have these herbs, have these modalities, but does every single person need to do them every single day of the year? No, hundred percent. Cause like you said, we should live a lifestyle that you don't need to cleanse from. You don't need to detox from, but I'd say for me and for, I'd say like people that come to me that are, are, you know, they're doing the diet and the lifestyle things, but they're like, I don't know why I'm not getting better. These things are super nice to be, to kind of move that needle in the right direction. And, Mm -hmm. and I mean, and just the truth is we live in, we don't live in the same type of world anymore. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not as it's, there's just things that we're exposed to, even if we're doing all the things, you know, there's different genetic mutations that people can have where they don't detoxify as well. So I'd say, it totally depends. Like I have to be way more diligent about this stuff than my husband does. Like he just, he processes things so well. We eat so clean and we sweat. Whereas like, I am like liver tincture. I got to do my dandelion tea. You know, I, I know that I need that type of stuff, but he's totally cool. Cause he, his systems, they're a little bit more efficient. So I think it ends up kind of boiling down to what are your pre, what do you predispose to, you know, is, are there different genetic mutations or things in your past or present that might hinder that from being optimal. Um, because people totally can be on a spectrum of, you know, healthy, but then, you know, some need more support than others. Yeah. You make a really good point. Like, obviously we should all be striving to live the least toxic life possible. However, (laughs) we all have different scenarios, like, you know, not even, um, different, predispositions or, you know, um, physiological things, but also like living in different places and just having Mm -hmm. kind of different environments, um, can make a really big difference too. So that's a good point for sure. Um, okay. Talk to me since, you know, since I mentioned it, since we're talking about poop and digestion a lot, talk to me about enemas. Okay. So enemas are cool. I mean, I I think they're cool. There's the clip. There's the, there's the Instagram clip right there. (laughs) They're cool. I mean, they definitely aren't for everybody. I think the first time I like made a TikTok about them, it went viral and everybody just shit on it. And I'm like, you're not getting the point. 
you know, I'm not telling everybody you need to do them. I'm just telling you like these types of modalities have been around for thousands of years. And I mean, it's, it's potent. I mean, coffee enemas in particular help to stimulate the, uh, portal vein. So like it's distally going into the rectum, but it's not like it's clearing out. It's not like a colonic, which those are really cool too. See, I'm the type of person that if I, I want to know, and I want to have experience with these modalities. Cause if I'm ever going to recommend something, like I'm never going to recommend someone do an enema, but I've never done it. So I had to try it. I'm never going to recommend someone do a colonic who has maybe needed it that, and I've never done it. So I'm like, I like to try these things, mm -hmm. but the, the coffee enema is cool because it's again, kind of going back to the liver gallbladder, really contracting that. Cause so the portal vein, your liver cycles every three minutes. So ideally a coffee enema is something that you try to hold for like 12 minutes. So it can go kind of four rounds through the liver. Um, and then yes, you know, you might flush out extra stool, but that's not mainly what it's for. It's mainly for the liver, but like it can pass stool with it, if that makes sense. All right. And are you, is that something you are doing somewhat regularly? In the beginning of my healing journey, I, I'd say I definitely did it more regularly. And now I might do one once a month. Mm -hmm. okay. Maybe it's All cool. Right. I mean, I've, I've passed gallstones. Um, I have pictures to prove everything. If people <laughs> I believe you, <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's, it's, it's really cool because I always say the proof is in the toilet. It's there. Like, if you don't think that parasites exist, like, what is this? What is this string hanging here? The, the, the like sound bites that are coming out of this podcast, the proof is in the toilet. Love it. Just it's so true. It. It's so true. But I mean, it's just crazy to me that these things are what get the slap, like get shit on, but mm -hmm. nobody bats an eye at constant over-the-counter medication user. Nobody yeah. bats an eye, like yeah. go the line that's always wrapped around the drive through but it's like, I'm not yeah. hurting anybody talking about yeah. an anima, you know, I'm I, not telling you to do it, but I'm just yeah. saying these things exist. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, that's a very, that's a very common thing. I think in the more like functional, holistic, naturopathic wellness world that people who don't question, they don't question the mainstream, um, sort of behaviors and knowledge at all, but anything that seems counterculture is immediately very criticized by people who don't really know enough to criticize. Like, it's one thing to just say, look, I don't want to do an enema personally, so I'm not going to for sure. But to like, kind of say like, you're a, a only psychos and weird nut jobs, whatever do this when it's like, you don't, first of all, you don't understand it. You don't know what the mechanisms are. You don't know what this is, is helping or doing. So like, let's leave it alone a little bit. And yeah, like a similar example is when I was pregnant and people were like, I had people commenting saying like, are you sure you should eat liver while you're pregnant? Cause vitamin A toxicity. And it's like, I was just going to say liver is a huge liver and even beef. Like, Oh, you eat beef. You eat so much beef. You drink soda every day. What the hell is going on in this yeah. world? <laughs> yeah. But again, it's like people don't know that I know. I mean, vitamin A toxicity is something that's very hard to get from whole foods, especially a food like liver that you're not going to need a lot of, of a day. Exactly. Right. And it, there are so many more pregnant women in the world who would benefit from eating liver mm -hmm. than would be negatively affected by it. But everybody mm -hmm. wants to be a, you know, a sleuth and a scientist when it comes to vitamin A toxicity, but everyone kind of like rolls their eyes and laughs and says, oh, pregnancy, when you eat, you know, ice cream all day, every day, because you have a craving, which actually probably if you were eating something healthy, you wouldn't have the cravings anyway. I could no, go, it's, it's I could so go true. Yeah, and I don't think that's the demographic of people that are like drawn to the things that we do. So we're sure. kind of like preaching to the people that are like, yeah, we know, we know. Sure. Sure. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody's listening is like, yeah, we get it. Okay. We're not, we're not. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this has been super helpful for me. And I think it's also making me feel just like a little bit better because I did, you know, again, the things that I think getting older and then becoming more of a homebody through the pandemic and then becoming mm -hmm. a mom, all of these things have created this perfect storm where I am like worrying about stuff a lot more than I used to. And I'm sure a lot of women or parents listening can relate where they're like, yeah, I used to be like 
fast and loose, you know, like the kind of traveling mm-hmm. that I used to do and the kind of things I used to do, the kind of risks I used to take and sort of just be like, look, I'm healthy and resilient. I'll worry about it later. I don't feel like I have as much like liberty or comfort around doing that as I used to. So I want to be more just really aware of what sure. I'm doing when I'm traveling to places that are, you know, I'm not as familiar with and our bodies are not going to be as familiar with. So I feel do you have a filtered water bottle. You know, my husband, who is, Bless you. thank you, who is a very, uh, you know, he's like outdoorsman, you know, hunter, camper, v- veteran has all of these things. I don't know if we have a portable one, but I think that's a really good idea. Um, Clearly filtered has a really good portable option. I don't I know if you've heard of them, but they have a great portable option that, I mean, it's. I've taken it everywhere and it's really great because even just to like, again, filter like the tap water you're going to be brushing your teeth with or whatever. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, well, you have to, so it filters through like how you drink it. So maybe just for toothbrushing, like just get like a bottled water water, or something, but then yeah, yeah, for anything that you're drinking, um, it, Mm. there's like a filter with a straw. It it works really great. I mean, I also feel like, again, we're going for five days. We're going to an all-inclusive. We're doing that whole you're, thing. You're so going to have like, such access to clean water. Like, they're yeah. going to have the clean stuff yeah. there. Yeah, I feel like it'll just be like, we're going to, yeah, we're going to, I mean, the, the again, the whole point of this vacation is not to actually relax. It's to have five <laughs> days where I don't have to make a meal, you know, and like exactly. do laundry. <laughs> so I'm super pumped about that. But anyway, um, when okay. are you going? Uh, Mid-January. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's like yeah. a perfect time to get away. It's going to be interesting though, because I've got this, uh, I don't know if you've been seeing, but I've been, I've been getting into running lately and my birthday is at the end of January. And so on my birthday, I'm doing this 10 K trail run and I've been training for it. It's been really fun because you and I have similar weather. Um, yes. And, uh, but I'm literally going to be doing this run after like a week of whatever I'm going to be doing in Mexico, which may be, are you going to run there? Well, I mean, we might do like a beach run or something. I'm sure there's going to be a gym. Like I'm not going to like fall completely off, but it's just going to be like an extra fun transition where I'm going to be like relaxing, probably eating more, chilling out on the beach and then come home to the dead of winter and do a run on my birthday. So that will just make it a little extra spicy. Well, you'll have all the energy from the vitamin D and all the fuel, all the rice and beans. There you go. You'll have all the fuel. There you go. Okay. That's smart. It's all about perspective, right? I, I like that. Okay. Um, all right. Well, when's your next, uh, when's your next, um, retreat? We have the little like ladies night out in January. That's local here in the Finger Lakes. Our next retreat is March, no, May 16th through the 19th here in the Finger Lakes. Okay. And what's the, uh, the max number of people that you are having on these things? That one can own, we are opening registration to, I think 13 or 14, 13, Okay. Okay. 13. Men and women? They're smaller. They're generally anywhere from like 13 to 16 max. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Depending. The the house that we use in Lake Placid is a little bit bigger so we can, you know, have a few more people. But otherwise, right. you know, but it's nice. It's like, it's kind of the perfect amount. It's intimate, but at the same time, you feel like you're in a nice community. Okay. And when did you say registration is opening? January okay. 14th. Okay. So maybe this podcast, um, I'm just thinking of when we're actually going to be putting this out and it'll probably be January. So I'll make sure I get like a link from you that we can put in the show notes because maybe when this is going live, you guys will actually be like doing it. So, um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It's always great to chat with you and, um, likewise, where else can people, and also folks, you should sign up, um, for Haley's newsletter because it's good. It's Thank good. You. Um, and I'm getting my head around more like getting back in the newsletter game and like providing real value there as I become increasingly disillusioned with social media, but like still need to find ways to like For sure. connect with people and stuff. I really like there when newsletters, there's too many newsletters, just like there's too much everything. There's too many podcasts, right. there's too much everything. But like when you find ones that are valuable, that are like entertaining, but also useful and like give you good information and like, or whatever, they're good. Like those are the newsletters people want in their inbox. So highly recommend anybody listening to sign well, up for that. I appreciate it. There's so yeah. much pressure on newsletter stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like I already have a podcast and like, what else can I put here? But I appreciate that. No, no, it's good. So where else can people, um, you know, follow the podcast, follow you, learn more about what you're doing? Most active on Instagram. My handle's at Dr. Haley Schaff and I'm on TikTok a little bit too. 
dabbling with that, dabbling with the Gen Z a little bit, mm-hmm. seeing how that goes. Yeah, um, and luck. then <laughs> it's such a different beast. It's such a different scary. beast. Scary. Um, and then my podcast is Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. Nice. All right, Haley. Well, enjoy your weekend, TGIF. Um, we'll do it again sometime. And for, um, yeah, anybody who's listening, they should definitely check out. I mean, you, you do provide a ton of value in a ton of different areas. So everybody go check out what Haley's doing and, uh, we'll hopefully maybe meet up in real life at some point. Deal. I'm down for it. All right. Take care. Thank you.